0: Emperor Turan's third wife was a prophetess. I need that right now, Veer.
1: I need to know if the grand destiny I see before me is what is or what might be.
0: define sense of morality they'll love that backhold
1: hello and welcome to who are you it's a babylon 5 watch cast by a couple of former strangers now friends who are continuing to get to know each other over one of their favorite shows from their childhood babylon 5 i'm laura and i'm Jafer. and today i get to ask Jafer, what do you want you still haven't answered my question ambassador what do you want Oh, what do you mean? What do I want?
0: What do you want? Do you really want to know what I want? Do You really want to know the truth? I wanna really, really, really wanna zig-a-zig. Does that answer your question? So I feel like we've both done this one now, right before vacations, where we talk about our <laughs> pending vacation. <laughs> so I, but it's a different vacation. I'm very excited about it. I
1: want to know your itinerary. That's what I was hoping you were going to get into.
0: Oh, I I actually, so when I do a vacation, mm-hmm. I'm like, kind of like fast and loose. I like leaving lots of free time. Mm-hmm. I like, like, oh, I'll figure out what I'll do in this city when I get there. I'll find something fun. I'll Yelp, I'll Google, I'll look sure. on Facebook events. I'll find something, right? And I think part of that is just from all of my years of work travel and just like kind of ad hoc throwing things together when I had the energy to throw them together. Mm-hmm. Uh, my sister's not that person. Oh, boy. <laughs> this is a family trip.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's um, yourself, so, your sister, and your mom, right?
0: Yes. And then uh, my sister's boyfriend okay. is meeting us over there into the trip. Mm. And he'll be with us through Christmas. Okay. Which is exciting. I mean. I've known my sister's boyfriend longer than she has. He's one of my old roommates in college.
1: <laughs> nice. <laughs>
0: um I've considered him family for a decade on at this point. Yeah. So not really like oh like listener, if you're if you're thinking about yourself in this situation, understand that it's a bit different. <laughs> and if you were uh not pleased when I mentioned the uh significant other joining. Sure. Us. So sure. Uh, we are flying out to London in three days. I'm so right excited. Now when this airs i will've been home for 2 weeks <laughs> <laughs> cuz we've been working quite a bit ahead mm-hmm. i think yeah cuz like 2 weeks ago on air i mentioned oh when you listen to this i'll be flying home right mhm this is from that trip and i'm going for 2 weeks so it's not even like it's a little bit so yes the itinerary i actually have it open yeah right
1: london now. first obviously
0: yeah we're getting in london for a day okay We'll adjust to the time zone. We'll hang out a little bit. We're staying at the same hotel in London the first day that we will be for the back half of the trip. Okay. So we're planning on leaving a lot of our luggage there. And paring down. Yeah. That's cool. And then we hop on a train to Salisbury. And from Salisbury, we get on a bus and we're going to go see Stonehenge.
1: Oh, that'll be fun.
0: And do the Salisbury Cathedral and other Salisbury things, I presume have a (laughs) stake. And then after all of that, spend the night there in Bath, mm-hmm. uh, where we've got an Airbnb that's, like, meandering distance from the Roman Baths. So oh, that's cool. we'll go do that. Get up. Get on a train to Cardiff. Go to Cardiff for a day. Go see Torchwood. Find Jack Harkness. Yell Gwen Cooper a couple times.
1: <laughs> as one does. Um,
0: as one does when one is in Cardiff. I think I found a Scissor Sisters cover band that's playing in Cardiff that night, so I'll oh, probably go cool. see them. But I have not been able to, I found it once and I've been able to find it since mm-hmm. I, I they might have canceled the event. Get on a train in Cardiff the next morning, go up to Liverpool, mm-hmm. go to the Cavern Club, which is where the Beatles yeah. kind of got their start. Cool. And there is a uh, Paul McCartney tribute act who works with one of the like sound engineers from the Beatles, uh-huh. Like, who's like, this is the guy. He's done tours and stuff like he is. I've listened to him. He sounds just like Paul, who's playing at the Cavern Club that night.
1: That'll be fun, yeah.
0: Uh, so we're going to go do that, get on a train to Edinburgh, and then spend four days there. We have, we're have we going to uh, Cocktail Geeks there and back again, which is a Lord of the Rings-themed cocktail bar. Oh, man. They, like, they change their theme yeah. every couple of weeks. Uh, we have a day tour of the Highlands distilleries the next day. We have a cheesecake place we're going to in a tea room all this stuff and then after that on the 23rd get on a bullet train go down to london Mm -hmm. see westminster abbey the 24th we're gonna go to like piccadilly circus Mm -hmm. and all that stuff and do like christmas shopping and then christmas day we've got reservations at a fancy restaurant uh the 26th we're gonna go to oxford Mm -hmm. and check out the university and do stuff there yeah the 27th, we still have open. We don't know what we're going to do yet. <laughs> and then the 28th, we get on a plane at 9.40 in the morning and land at 2 p.m.
1: That's crazy. That time time jump is wild. <laughs> yes. We wish you an easier time uh, re-acclimating on your way back.
0: I'm very excited to drink a bunch of scotch. I don't drink scotch normally. Mm-hmm. I'm not a scotch person, but... I'm not going to Scotland without drinking scotch. Sure. I'm, sure. I, I know exactly how much I can bring home, too. So yeah, there's that.
1: <laughs> You've got the the right suitcase.
0: Yeah, I've got the right suitcase for it. And I think I might. I've, I have spent most of my day looking at kilts. I think I might buy a kilt while I'm over there. I mean,
1: there. you absolutely um, should. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I do have a Scottish family mm-hmm. on my mother's side. And kind of trace so it I, back I, there. I looked, I looked up my, my tartan and everything and the clan. and. Mm-hmm. All that stuff, so. Yeah, that'll be fun.
1: Well, it sounds Mm -hmm. like you have it all planned out, or your sister helped plan it all out. I
0: backseated and let her do everything until she was exhausted, and then Mm -hmm. it's, oh, we don't have these train tickets for these days. Got it all booked. Yeah. In about an hour and a half. That's teamwork
1: Uh, right there.
0: So, yeah. it's I wasn't going to step on toes. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, that was definitely, I was trying to avoid that. I know how that goes. Uh, so once it, once I got the all clear that my help was appreciated yeah. and required, then I, then I jumped in. <laughs> but for the most part, I just kind of let it happen around Yeah, me, which is fine. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, if it's important to someone else, it's the nice thing to do to let them drive.
0: Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm just looking forward to doing a bunch of stuff. It's going to be a
1: good time. Yeah, it will. So We can't wait to hear all about it.
0: Well, my trip might be very thoroughly planned. What's not planned is the response to the events of this week's episode. <laughs> We've got Season 3, Episode 9, The Point of No Return. And hey, it's our season title episode. We get one a season. Oh, yeah. So.
1: I, I hadn't thought about the Season 3 title, so that's yep, that's where we're it's at. It's on my book. Point of No Return.
0: The Point of No Return. Actually, I'm adding a the. It's just Point of No Return. Nah, whatever. But whatever. <laughs> I'm taking the uh, the from there all the honor lies <laughs> right. and changing it into being the point of no return. <laughs> we'll just
1: take the extra here and move it here.
0: <laughs> exactly. No one will notice and my OCD will be happier.
1: So we open this episode with Londo, I think once again, reviewing a report about Minbar. <laughs> We've had this yeah, come this up before. This is the same
0: bit three episodes ago. Yeah, I had to go back through my notes and see what i had written down to be like, this is different enough, right? And the answer is yes, okay. it is It is different enough. Mm-hmm. He makes kind of the same jokes, but in different places and slightly different wording. Yeah. So just like dealing with any father figure.
1: Yeah. <laughs> True facts. Yeah. Same song, <laughs> different verse. You know, we're trying to basically nag on the Mimbari here. And, you know, just paint them as inferior to the Centauri when us as viewers of the show can obviously tell which race seems to be a little bit ahead of the other at this moment. For sure.
0: I do think this doesn't hold up as well in the streaming era compared to the weekly TV era. Yeah. I think if you had three or four, well, we did have three or four weeks between episodes because we're watching them weekly as we record. Yeah. So yeah, we would have cut one week out of that weekly episode rotation just based off the recording cadence. But I think watching them back-to-back streaming, this probably confused a lot of people yeah, because they probably were like, didn't I just see this scene? Yeah, Because Mm -hmm. I had to stop, pause, go back, check my notes, find out what episode, and go back and watch that scene in the other episode. So I can only imagine.
1: Yeah, I I didn't have to go back and watch it, but I I definitely felt it. I was like, no, we just did this. (laughs) We
0: we get one new line in here, which is intelligence has nothing to do with politics. That's fun Mm -hmm. and prescient. (laughs) Veer wants to take a nap. When Lando gets a call saying Lady Morella has agreed to stop in at Babylon 5 when she's on her tour. She's going to Radesh. Londo opens his door, and there's just a cacophony of chaos outside. He's just like, what is yeah. going on? It's the point where he grabs a random M'Bari passerby, and it's just like, what is going on? Yeah, And he's all like, the Earthers declared martial law.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it sure, oh, those Earthers. sure set off some feelings on this station. Amongst the populace. Meanwhile, Sheridan and Ivanova are talking about that. They are in discussion with Earth Force. They're they're talking to this general who says, yes, Clark has signed an executive order dissolving the Senate. And boy, um, that feels a little familiar. Did did you follow the news this week?
0: I did hear about that, actually. Yeah, this just happened this last week in Peru. Peru.
1: Yeah. As I was reading news about that, I was like, Uh, I feel like I just watched this on a show. You did, yeah. It it seems like the real-life situation is turning out a little better and that the Congress, or I don't think they called themselves Senate, I think it was Congress, didn't allow themselves to be dissolved.
0: Yeah, they just impeached the president instead and the military backed Congress instead of the president. Yeah. So Congress won.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. So not not happening on Babylon 5, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. So we know that Clark was going to meet the senate and offer them a explanation as to why he declared martial law behind closed doors Uh he's like it's a closed session of the senate and so his explanation was i'm dissolving the senate (laughs) it's what martial law was declared and it does appear he needs a quite literal dissolving of the senate as we see soldiers storm the senate building i had the group liquidated you little shit Mm, yeah but yeah so they're talking to a general and what's up with this guy he's got four monitors behind him uh-huh. with his Zoom call on it. Yeah. Can you imagine being on a call and having someone's background be you on the call?
1: Oh, man, that'd be horrible. I mean, I'm sure someone's done it right now that we live in the Zoom Yeah, era.
0: <laughs> I'm about to set up OBS and do it.
1: Shit. Yeah. <laughs> I saw a very clever one the other day that was uh, they made their Zoom background a video of themselves getting themselves a cup of tea. So <laughs> the video that you see... This person sitting there getting themselves a cup of tea. It was very good. It was good. But yeah, we find out General Haig yep. is missing. He uh, he, and the Alexander. We'll what's
0: going on there yeah. soon. Yep, the Alexander is on the run along with a couple other ships. Mm-hmm. And we get a God help us. You're all alone out there to theme. Yeah. When we come back, we're in CNC, We get about about maintaining the status quo. And Corwin is just like, how did we get to this point? What did we do wrong? And Sheridan's just all like. Fuck if I know.
1: <laughs> that's, that's a real mood, though. I felt that, man.
0: <laughs> I don't know. We elected one idiot 40 years ago, and it somehow spiraled into electing an idiot this time, and I don't even know. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the cycle of humanity, I guess.
0: <laughs> we get a bit about General Hag here. He is organizing a counterstrike. Uh, there's a Nightwatch meeting soon, and Jakar singing got worse. <laughs> I was actually disappointed that they leaned into the bit that they were trying to do. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been funnier if his singing was really good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They they make it a little more like Klingon opera-y instead of what the singing that he did for us in, what was that, season one? Where you singing about all the little fishes? I think so, yeah. City? Yeah. So he definitely did degrade a little bit.
0: Yeah. He gets set free three weeks early because of everything going on. I wonder I wonder uh, if that will come back, uh-huh. those three weeks of missing punishment. Yeah. Over at Space TSA, Lando and Veer are waiting. Uh-huh. As uh, we learn that Lady Morella is a prophetess, uh, a seer, right before she arrives, and y'all, it's Major Barrett.
1: Bah, 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 bah. Such a good get. I love it. I was I was sitting there poking my husband the entire time. She's like walking onto the into the scene. I'm like, yeah. look, look, look. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I had to pause because uh, Beth me and I was just like, you recognize that voice. She's all like, yeah. And like just waiting and watching it like wash over her face. She's like, holy shit, it's Majel Barrett. I'm like, yes. There's a fun story about how this happened. Do tell. So Majel Barrett on the convention scene got asked a question about like, hey, how do you feel about you know all this Babylon 5 stuff ripping off Star Trek? Mm -hmm. And she's all like, Have you watched the show? Because Babylon 5 is actually a good show. Uh Uh-huh. And if you like intelligent science fiction, you should probably watch Babylon 5
1: uh-huh.
0: uh, if you haven't given it a chance because it's actually a good show. So don't buy into any of that. If you like sci fi, if you like Star Trek, you'll probably like Babylon 5. Said that at a convention
1: mm-hmm.
0: or it gets back to JMS. Mm-hmm. JMS reaches out through proper channels. Hey, would you be interested in doing a guest spot? I'd be delighted. Of
1: course she would, yeah. So
0: he wrote the role of Lady Morella for Major Barrett.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's great. Just
0: like wrote her into an episode. We're doing it.
1: She's such a class act. That was the the classiest response you could have to that question in that venue. Like
0: For sure. Good for her. And even then, some of the dialogue in here is admittedly about Gene Roddenberry.
1: Oh, uh uh-huh. Yeah, like
0: there's a bit with Lando talking about how great her husband was and her yeah. talking about how people are never appreciated in their time mm-hmm. and only in their, you know, when they're young and they're great. They're like, oh, it's ego. Mm-hmm. And then when you're old and you're great, it's, you know, forgotten or, you know, no one gives a shit anymore because you're old Yeah. and only in death is greatness really imparted to someone who is great. 100% just talking about Gene Roddenberry, confirmed by JMS. Oh,
1: that's very sweet. That is very sweet. It is. I like that context on yeah. that. Mm. Yes.
0: Yeah, it opens it up. It changes the dialogue a little bit when you view it through that real world lens.
1: I do think it's very fun in her dialogue, too, that she refers to herself in the we, And they explain that as her mm-hmm. husband's spirit is said to be with her now since since he has passed on. And so she gets to use, you know. The royal we for everything. Yeah. I think it is delightful. It adds a lot to the, mm-hmm. the mystique of this Centauri woman.
0: Yeah, it's great. We get two simultaneous scenes right after this. We get the Nightwatch meeting in Sheridan's office. Mm-hmm. We learn that all off-world security is going to be handled by Nightwatch only. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. The general is very like specific and kind of like starry with his words and we find out why later Yeah, in the episode. but I'm all like, He's just telling him what to do.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: like, I don't know if it was just because I've seen this and it was just living in the back of my mind. Mm-hmm. This is this will be a fun one to go back and listen to some of those Babylon 5 first-timer podcasts for, I think. Oh, sure, uh, yeah. Because I knew what was going to happen and I can't separate knowing what was going to happen mm-hmm. from watching it at this point. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if it just stood out to me as obvious because I was waiting for it, mm-hmm. even if I didn't remember it directly. Or if it's just super blatant.
1: Yeah. No, I remember this as being something that went over my head when I was a kid. And then when he turns it at the end yeah. of the episode being like, oh, he's so smart. <laughs> but yeah, yeah.
0: I, I I doubt I got it as a kid. I don't recall. But on my wa- watch through that I started in 2020, definitely was just like, oh, this is obvious. Yeah. yeah. Um, I
1: wonder for other because other- they've done
0: this before. They've yeah. done this thing where the general gives orders and they use the exact language mm-hmm. or the senator gives orders and it's all like they use the exact language to turn it against them. And like for them to like zoom in or like just focus on like he'd say something and he'd just like sit there and be like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. It's just like felt like a bit much. We get a night watch Runs Babylon 5 now from Officer Alex Jones to commercial.
1: Yeah. Garibaldi's gonna love that.
0: Like hell. Yeah. So I wanted to talk a bit about Nightwatch, and this seems like a good time.
1: Yeah, they're thick as thieves this last episode.
0: So Nightwatch comes from a quote from a famous, we'll go with the term, politician. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to read you the quote, and I want you to guess if you can tell me who said this quote. Okay. I don't believe a conservative Watch would be tolerated either. This is the genesis of the term Nightwatch from JMS bringing up this quote. Who do you think said this?
1: Is it an American? I guess you don't have to. I don't want to give
0: hints hints because it could give it away, but think think about think about what Night Watch is and what Night Watch does and someone in history who might be aligned with that kind of an organization.
1: I mean, the obvious thought is Hitler is is it that But it is an American. But it is an American. Okay. So it
0: is Joseph McCarthy. That was
1: my next (laughs) guest. Because that was kind of his whole thing, too. Watching people. Yeah,
0: Yeah, this was directly in response to being all like, well, hey, you're just like creating a conservative version of the Gestapo to root out liberals and calling them communists. Mm -hmm. And he's all like, no, no one would tolerate a conservative night watch, like Uh coining the term almost. And so that's where this comes from. And this is directly in response to his feelings about a lot of people who would watch the news in the early and mid nineties uh-huh. and be all like this kind of thing can happen in other countries, but it can't happen here uh-huh. because he thought it was absurd to think that given it has happened here right more than once. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of how the night watch storyline is organized is to kind of lead you into a, this is how, a democracy can become a police state from the view of people in that democracy. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. I, I remember too, you know, in the early two thousands when you and I were still, you know, children, right. Teenagers. The, when we formulated the department of Homeland security and hearing, you know, in my circles and from the adults in my life, like how uh, sort of horrifying that was in that, you know, the the words homeland specifically mm-hmm. kind of hearkening to some right wing connotations, especially from other countries like, you know, Germany of a certain time and such. Yeah, so, for sure. But it was well received in other parts of the country. So, yeah. Yeah,
0: uh, for sure. I mean, I admittedly have a very unique experience in my where I was living and what I was not really doing but definitely where I was living and I was a student at during 911. Mm-hmm. And I mean I've talked about my father before mm-hmm. on pod. He's a very conservative dude. That's not news for listeners. Him being a Muslim probably is news for most listeners.
1: Yeah. An odd combination um, sometimes, yeah.
0: Yeah, especially given some stuff he said. I think I've actually I might have mentioned on we might have talked about it. I know it we pod. have
1: talked about it. I'm not sure if it made it to pod. Yeah.
0: Some mental yeah. dissonance he's had, had. But having that, the high school that I go went to was not a white majority high school. I went to a white plurality high school mm-hmm. that had a lot of people of Middle Eastern ethnic descent. Most of them were actually Christians. Yeah, yeah. That's it was a group that was displaced uh, during the first Gulf War. Yeah. Okay. By uh, Saddam Hussein, and then ended up being brought over in mass has cultural refugees and settled in the Detroit area
1: mm, right that... by
0: where I grew up. Sounds eerily uh,
1: familiar. Yes. Okay.
0: <laughs> so that being a whole thing too, you know, like having that being my peers in high school and then having something like 9-11 happened at Osama bin Laden mm-hmm. and the wars and just like, is a very interesting experience.
1: <laughs> yeah. Reflective. I'm sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Especially as I've gotten older and Learned to both process things and be a bit more introspective. Yeah. But anyways, we come back from commercial to find Jakar going to his quarters.
1: Yeah, and a a familiar Narn standing around. Yep, it's Talon. He's back.
0: Whose name in the subtitles was misspelled as Talon. (laughs) Yeah, okay. (laughs) Thought that was fun.
1: You can't win them all in the subtitles.
0: They do such a good job most of the time. I'm not even going to be upset about this one. Nah,
1: nah. It's a weird name. And yeah. he's been She's waiting. He's been waiting. Yeah. This whole time. Yep.
0: He, he takes a break every five days to sleep. Yeah. Besides that he's been standing in front of Jakar's room for weeks.
1: <laughs> Not weird for anybody else. Yeah. He just
0: didn't want to miss him.
1: Yeah. But Jakar is really glad he's here because, you know, he's he's had his yeah. uh, days in jail and has plans for the Narn. And he can start with this contingent that's on Babylon 5.
0: Yeah, we cut over to security and we see the ceremonial. I was just following orders, handing out of the armbands.
1: So uncomfortable.
0: <laughs> it should be. And Garibaldi knows this is going on. He's up in uh, Sheridan's office and he's livid. Garibaldi can't stand fascism when he's not being the fascist.
1: Yeah, yeah. Typical. You know, we see, you know, notably, we see at least one person accept the armband, we see another person choose to give up his badge and his gun before we're going to see Garibaldi lose his mind.
0: (laughs) Yeah. We get a little bit in Londo's quarters where he comes clean to Lady Morella, Mm -hmm. asking the lady for a reading.
1: Call me now for your free tarot reading.
0: She gives him the hard truth. Uh, There's always a choice. We only say that there's not a choice to comfort ourselves with the decisions we've already made.
1: Way to freaking call it out, Lady Morella. Like... Yeah, (laughs) for sure.
0: And this is something Londo has said to himself a ton.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Like,
0: this is something that he, is, he has been all like, well, there's, there's no choice. This is the only path forward. Like, and he
1: said is, it to Veer. This is what we yeah. have to do
0: now. He said it to Veer. He said it to Rifa. He said it to uh, everyone. He says it to himself all the time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm curious if he continues to after this point. Yeah. Because I don't know. I don't remember.
1: We've got to watch for that because she called it out. Spade is a spade, Lando Malari. Mm-hmm. You've made these choices. You just want to feel better yep. about them. So you tell yourself you have none. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What a smart lady.
0: Right. Zach intercepts Garibaldi on his way to punch some fascists, which we are capable of appreciating, but still recognizing he's the fucking worst. <laughs> and Zach gets told it's time to get his shit together. Yeah. We get a bit. Where he's all like, hey, I gave you a chance when no one else would. Hey, I introduced you to your wife. And I really wanted to pause at that moment because I really, really, really want the Jerry Doyle matchmaker series on Great American Network. I don't want to watch it ever. I just want the pleasure of knowing it existed. Yeah, Unfortunately, for a number of reasons, it can't and won't. But can you imagine like Garibaldi matchmaker?
1: i This was one of those moments in in Babylon Five writing that I was like this would be a little bit stronger if you had peppered something in earlier somewhere else in the show with yeah. with these moments like i can I can buy off on the I gave you a chance when no one else would that one I'm like, okay, and mm-hmm. you know, we've seen that in his character. The matchmaker part I haven't seen anything like that. That's a little harder. that's a bit of a stretch yeah. <laughs>
0: So he gives a big speech. He's all like, hey, we're the team. We're us. What's going on? Knock it the fuck off. But a bunch of fascists end up being a bunch of fascists. Uh, Surprise, surprise. Go figure. Right? It's wild. Who would have thought? Yeah. Back from commercial, Jakar tells Talan about his experience in Dust to Dust a couple episodes ago. Mm -hmm. He hands him his book. He's like, this will help, but words are difficult. I could spend the rest of my life trying to describe a moment.
1: Yeah, he's um, definitely, he was touched by a Vorlon, and he's turned into something else. So, Man,
0: that's the CBS series we should have had.
1: <laughs> <laughs> See, that was another uh, time period appropriate reference. I'm very proud of myself.
0: He says they ha- in order for their species to survive, they're going to have to give up their species. Mm-hmm. But he does mean it in kind of a, like, we're so based in anger, so based in revenge. These are the things we'll have to give up. Yeah. We have to harmonize with the universe. And starts with the humans. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing about Jakar since Dust to Dust, right? That he is no longer motivated by revenge. Like, he still kind of wants the same things. But he he is not out to get the Centauri anymore. He is out to do the right thing for the Narn and also the universe. And you know what? He wants it for the universe so much that... If he winds up having to sacrifice all of the Narn, so be it, you know, so he's... Because
0: the universe is more important. Yeah. He gets it.
1: He believes in something bigger. Well, at the very least, he
0: gets what Kosh was brainwashing him to get.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, you know, he believed in something bigger than himself always through the series, I think, because he believed in the Narn people, right? Mm -hmm. Now he believes in something even bigger than the Narn people, which is interesting, but also manipulated by the Vorlons, so kind of weird. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah.
0: After this, the martial law order finally makes it to B five. On the tour of the station, ISN reports that General Haig is fighting against the president's police state, and then the crowd cheers when he escapes. Riot breaks out after some night watch aggression. Yeah. I think they're just like, Hey, you're gonna riot and starts hitting people. And it's just like, Oh, oh, I see what's happening here.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh no. Mm, this doesn't um. look familiar at all. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Veer totally takes a bottle to the back of the head to protect Lady Morella Yeah, while the martial law order gets read. And then Franklin comes in. We haven't seen much of him Yeah, in this three-parter, to be perfectly honest. He comes into Sheridan's office, and uh, they talk about stuff, and Sheridan figures out the message from earlier. At the same time, Jakar pops into CNC with an idea, mm-hmm. and then Zack gets jumped outside of his quarters. Jakar's idea was to give Zack the boots, Medium style. Walk mm-hmm. home, clown. Veer is getting tended to by the lady in Londo when she has a vision. She sees old man Emperor Londo coughing on the throne.
1: Mm-hmm. We've seen this.
0: Uh, and then Zach tells Officer Alex Jones the plan. A bunch of Narn are going to be coming in to take over the security duties. He's all like, hey, they're arriving on this ship at this time. Nightwatch is like, oh, yeah, we're going to we're going to counter this and keep the station. You did the right thing, Zach.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And he's just all like, yep.
1: Let's send totally all our people all at once to this documentary. Every bay. single one. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> the please one with do the big that. Doors
0: that can close on both sides. Yes.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, do that. <laughs> Stop those Narn.
0: <laughs> Excellent plan. Exactly. We get a scene with Jakar asking the Narn for help.
1: Mm-hmm. We
0: get Sheridan prepping and loading his sidearm. Yeah. Uh, we get some dramatic hallway walking mm-hmm. and Officer Alex Jones gathering up his group all in one place. Zach gives the signal. He rips off his armband when he dives out of there. Love and the dramatic dive. And they've locked knives. all of Night Watch yeah. in the bay. Sharon tells them how it's going to be in a way that makes Red Foreman proud.
1: Sleep tight and don't let the bedbugs put their foot in your ass.
0: <laughs> all the 90s jokes today. <laughs>
1: yeah. Where are we? What time is it? <laughs> What year is it? Yeah, I I love when we're like, just as we're aiming our guns at the locks, Sheridan reminds them what the station is made of. And uh, maybe don't do that because you'll all die.
0: Right. Yeah. So this is how it is. They know that they're just buying time. But Sheridan's like, hey, if we've got enough time to buy General Haig a couple of days to take Clark out, then it's worth it. You know, Mm -hmm. we can end this thing quickly. Oh, I've got some bad news. (laughs) Yeah. But that's for next episode.
1: We're still optimistic at this point that we can, we're far enough away, right? We can stay out of it mm-hmm. just long enough for them yeah. to sort their own shit out. Like, mm-hmm. I think every, you know, sort of colony has felt this at some point when a major power gets into, you know, their major power gets into a war. Like, maybe if we just stay back, uh, yeah, yeah. well, sort themselves out. Yeah, we out. can send
0: troops in six months. Mm
1: hmm. Nah. <laughs> so that's where we're still at in this episode of Babylon five playing for time
0: so after this Lando gets his tarot card reading and we get three things and I just oh, want to yes. read them yeah I need and these I want to I want to talk about them a lot okay but I want to I want to go into super spoiler town um oh. so rather than asking someone to skip an indeterminate amount of time because I don't know how long this one's going to take I think what we should do is we should, after our end credits play, jump into Spoiler Town and talk about these threes with super spoilies. Okay. Listener, I hope this is a good compromise for you and your inner completionist isn't upset.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Yeah. So after end credits, yeah.
0: After end credits, we're going to have a bit more talking about these three things. The first is save the eye that cannot see. Mm -hmm. The second is do not kill who is already dead. Mm -hmm. And the third is surrender yourself to your greatest fear, knowing it will destroy you.
1: Yeah. Those are his three chances at redemption. Good
0: luck. And don't fuck it up. Lando's like, I don't get this cryptic bullshit. Mm -hmm. He's told he will be emperor and so will Veer, but only (laughs) one after the other dies. And this bit in particular seems to set them both off. Not Uh, Veer being emperor, which really seems unlikely.
1: Right. Right. Right, it's very interesting because also you know Veer is we're we're led to believe significantly younger than Lando, so it's like yes, okay,
0: of course he's going to outlive you, right? right? Like he should. It would be normal for Veer to outlive you by decades. Lando, you're much older than him.
1: Yeah, so it doesn't seem that weird. They're they're focusing on the wrong thing. They're focusing on the the weirdness of one of you has to die first rather than why Veer.
0: Right, exactly. This this upset me a little because it seems very logical to me that Veer is going to outlive Lando. Yes, it. Yeah. Jakar tells Sheridan he wants in in the new alliance in exchange for all of his help with security. Sheridan says he'll discuss with the others, mm-hmm. and then we get a bit with Veer and Lando on the sofa, sitting as far apart as possible.
1: Yeah, um, they do a little awkward. bit of comedy
0: here. Mm-hmm. In the season guide, uh, Peter Jersik says. This scene made me want to do a two-hour comedy with Stephen First. Like, find a movie for us, please.
1: Yeah, I would love that. I would have loved to have gotten that before Stephen First passed away. Yeah,
0: <laughs> for sure. Back in Sheridan's office, Haig's Rebellion looks grim, but Delenn has made it back on whatever was keeping her away. We get quiet contemplation out the window to credits. Yeah. That's the episode.
1: This is kind of the second of three big long acts, if you think about it. I know every yeah. episode has its own acts within it, but this is a long, longer arc. And uh... this is a
0: trilogy. This is a three-part episode that, for distribution reasons, was not titled Part One, Part Two, Part Three.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: JMS even says that, like they pick up literally the next scene. You can put them together and watch them as one cohesive piece. Mm-hmm. They are designed for that.
1: Yeah. It's it's beautiful, and of course, in that the end of the second act, you're not going to have any satisfying resolution. So, yeah. before we decide how we rate this episode, I want to ask you a question. Go for it. The turn that Zach takes. How
0: mm-hmm. did
1: you find it? Did you find it satisfying, believable? What's your What's your thoughts?
0: He. <laughs> you- I mean, his motives for joining Nightwatch were always, oh, well, I get an extra five dollars an hour or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, like it was never about Nightwatch and their ideals. I think the thing that is the least believable about Zack's arc is that he's effectively second in command of Nightwatch on the station.
1: Yeah. The reluctant guy.
0: Yeah. He's the reluctant guy. He's the guy who questions shit all the time. Like when there's the Ministry of Peace people, he's just like, why are we doing this? When he Mm -hmm. finds out any of the big news before it happens, he's all like, that's absurd. Like, he is not the dude who's out there raising your banner, committed to the cause. Why is he number two? Did he just, is it just seniority? Did he just sign up early enough?
1: Yeah. That seems
0: very poorly organized to me. And so that's my biggest issue with the whole thing.
1: It seems like maybe it's his rank. Maybe,
0: yeah. he is. I think he's the highest ranked person.
1: Because he's Garibaldi's second.
0: Yeah. He, he definitely outranks Officer yeah. Alex Jones. Yeah,
1: but it's not very clear where yeah. where that came from, considering he is so reluctant. But I remember feeling, watching him reporting to Officer Alex Jones, the whole plot, you know, the Narns are coming, and really mm-hmm. feeling like, oh man, he really has, he really has, he sold it to me. Like, he really has decided... To go ahead and side with Nightwatch. He's he's too freaked out. Because they did they yeah. did sell to his doubt with Garibaldi, you know, why won't you tell me what Code 7R is? Yeah. And he knows they're up to something. We see it in his face all the time.
0: Yeah. He knows something's going on and he knows he's not trusted.
1: Mm-hmm. And that
0: hurts him. Yeah. And that's definitely something that pushes him towards us. But the second he is trusted, the second he's brought into the circle. Uh-huh. It's done for him. You know, yeah. He he's not, he's not interested. Yeah. Cause that's all he really wanted to do is he didn't, it was, and it wasn't about being in the room where it happens. It was about being with your friends and with the people that you trust, you know, your comrades, mm-hmm. especially you know, Garibaldi. He felt like him. he's someone who deserved trust yeah. and he was not someone who was offered trust and that wounded him.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I obviously we're watching it again a second time. Right. So, The that moment where you're supposed to feel like, oh, God, no, he's really turning Mm -hmm. on Garibaldi didn't have the same hit the second time. But I remember the first time feeling like, oh, man, no, really? He's going to make it worse, you know? Yeah. So I think a lot hinges on Zach in these three episodes. And for sure, especially this episode. Do you believe he could turn on them? Yeah. For dramatic tension. Well, how do you feel about it, Jafar?
0: Oh, this is it. Five out of five. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. We're going to give this one five out of five fascists punched in the face in addition to Babylon five out of five.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, yeah. This is it. This is a great episode. Mm-hmm. Here for it. I will say this is the best of the three, in my opinion, not okay. to spoil my rating on last one and or next one,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, but I think the pacing in this episode is just fucking perfect.
1: It is very good. Yeah. I I love Major Barrett.
0: Oh, uh, she's she's a fucking gem in this episode. Her character is perfect. She's great. She does a great job acting. Her interactions with Lando and Veer are excellent. It's mm-hmm. just the whole thing. This is the package. This is this is it. This is complete Babylon 5. If you watched this episode and you didn't like it, what are you doing watching this show?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I do feel very 5 out of 5 for this episode too. Um, Which is
0: fine, for the record, but what are you doing listening listen to this podcast, then, too? I don't get it.
1: Yeah. Why are you here? Like, Why I'm do you hate yourselves? Your <laughs> right. Hated but we love episode. you.
0: <laughs> I mean, maybe. I don't know. If they hate themselves that much, then they're probably, and they're still watching a show and listening to this podcast, yeah, then they that's definitely a lot. don't agree with me. That's, yeah. There's something in there. Politically, there's something in there. And I was like, Maybe I don't like it. You know, whatever. It's fine. So, uh, but yeah, next up we've got Season 3, Episode 10, Severed Dreams. Earth Force sends destroyers to seize control of Babylon 5. Sheridan rallies the clue to fight back. As the shadows gain allies, Earth's colonies defy martial law.
1: Yeah, there's a lot going on there.
0: There's a lot going on there. And we're not going to talk a ton about it because we're going to talk a bunch after the credits about other stuff that's spoilies. So let's just get right to it and say some thank yous. Thank you, Jeremy Siegel, for our lovely theme music. You can find more of Jeremy's work at jeremysiegel42.bandcamp.com.
1: And thank you to Angry Duck Time Machine on Instagram for our podcast artwork.
0: Thank you to Aaron, our lovely editor, who edits these episodes that we don't have to. Didn't forget you, but didn't say thank you the last two episodes. Oops. So extra thank you this time. You have a lot more passive opportunities to thank him than I do. do. And I
1: promise you that I do that. (laughs) (laughs) but thank you to you the listener as well for being here
0: yeah we appreciate you join our discord community we'll be talking on there you can probably scroll back and see pictures of my scotland trip and yeah it'll be it's a good time hit us up Who are youp 5 at gmail.com throw us an email with some thoughts on some episodes we'll read in our next mailbag segment yeah we appreciate you we'll see you next week or in about 30 seconds Spoiler town, population us, <laughs> you, me, and our listener right now. All Nailed right. Them. So one, save the eye that cannot see.
1: This is the one I'm not sure about.
0: I got three things. Okay. It could be the eye, the Centauri artifact that Londo saved.
1: Oh, okay. That's already done, though. We're, we've done that.
0: Yeah, but... It could be something with that. It is an emblem of the Office of Mm -hmm. the Emperor.
1: For sure. For sure.
0: Two. It could be a reference to Jakar's missing eye, which he still has right now.
1: Uh Yeah, that was where I went. But it didn't, I don't know, it just didn't make sense to me. It didn't, that one didn't sit. So what's the third one?
0: Uh, The third one is I has the letter I has in Lando himself. He has to do something selfless or save himself. I don't know. We know yeah. that he doesn't get this, though, right?
1: No, he's... Like, we know
0: hilarious. how he dies. Yeah. We know how he dies. We know he's an old man, gets strangled by Jakar. We know this happens because we see the future cut to it happening. So he surrenders himself to his greatest fear, death. He brings it on willingly. He tells Jakar to kill him when he gets super drunk, so the thing controlling him can't do anything about it. Yeah. Like, we know this is how Lando goes out. So we know it's number three. And I also know what number two is directly.
1: I, you know, um, I did not remember when when Lady Morella was saying it in the episode. I was like, I don't remember number one. I don't remember number two. Then when you said it, when you listed it just now, I was like, there it is. I remember. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. So I think save the eye that cannot see is saving Jakar from losing his eye, which he fails to do.
1: Yeah. He does fail to
0: do You know, Jakar getting tortured and going through his, I believe it was three weeks of imprisonment on Centauri Prime. I'm not quite sure how long he's there. Yeah. But I would be shocked if it wasn't the three-week symmetry of his missing punishment from this episode, especially sure. given this comes up. And in flash forwards that we've had, we see Jakar's missing an eye. Yeah. So this was already part of the plan.
1: Yeah, so we're going to... Um, so I think that's what that is that. reference to. Sure, yeah.
0: Two, don't kill that who is already dead. This is obviously Mister Morden.
1: Okay, I didn't think that. Uh, to me, okay.
0: What'd you think it was?
1: I thought it was John Sheridan.
0: It could be Sheridan who does die.
1: Hmm. Um, yeah, that's, that's that what, could be and, a whole thing. Because I think he's in jail with this uh, the Centauri Prime later. So
0: yes, he is, yeah. uh, and he does have a chance to kill Sheridan in the far future, but he doesn't kill him. Yeah. So that would be him getting out of his destiny, which I guess he does right after. Yeah. Like, the scene right after that is him getting drunk and having the getting killed. Okay, but so, tell me the Mr. Morton thing, because that
1: be seems like it would be more likely now that you've said it.
0: Uh, well, Mr. Morton is dead. Like, the yeah. human that was Mr. Morton is dead, is inhabited by shadows. That's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and he does kill Morton. Like, yeah. he has Morton's head put on a pike for Veer.
1: Now, why um, would... Why would not killing him be a chance at redemption. Well, okay. All right. Maybe. Okay. I
0: think what that chain of events leads to Mm -hmm. is the is it the Droc are the bad guys that come about towards the end of season four, season five that were like the former shadow servants. Yeah. And they're the ones who put the thing on Lando. Yeah. If Morden is still around. Yeah. 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 It's it's nuking all of the shadows on Centauri Prime like he does nuking their entire southern continent to kill all the shadows there and killing Mr. Morden are what draw the ire of that race. So maybe if he didn't kill Morden at the very least, maybe if he nuked the shadows but didn't kill Morden, then maybe Morden would have gotten the drop to do something else and he would have been okay in the long term.
1: Yeah. Okay. Hmm.
0: Yeah. And then number okay. three, we talked about it. It's him getting drunk and effectively killing himself via Jakar.
1: Yeah, he has to just give up and, and surrender to death, basically. Yep. Yeah. And surrender to, I'd say, his most feared enemy. Yeah. Not just that he's fearing death, but he also clearly does fear the Narn. You don't uh, go and yeah. try to destroy something entirely that doesn't scare you in mm-hmm. some way. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that's my spoily town. Yeah, I I was thinking I, we, we've got to make sure that we keep these in mind and as the things roll up. We've got a reference back Mm -hmm. to Lady Morella and her talk. Yeah. So keep it in mind. All right. Well, that's an episode. Yep. See you next time.